Hey, running friends. Welcome to the Wrinkled Runner podcast. I'm Sherry, the Wrinkled Runner. I'm over 50 and I love to run wherever I go, but Buffalo, New York is my home. If you are looking to start to run or you're an older runner, this podcast is especially for you, so subscribe now. I love to help people get running and keep running. How was your night last night? Do you suffer from insomnia like I do? Sometimes no matter how hard I've run or how tired I am at the end of the day, I can lie awake at night for hours or even the whole night. I've never been a great sleeper, but starting with perimenopause into menopause, between the night sweats and hot flashes, I can spend most of the night trying desperately to sleep, which of course makes it worse. On today's episode, I'll be talking about insomnia and what I've tried to do about it. I often think about how insomnia affects my running, especially if I have a longer run scheduled for the next day. My morning coffee helps immensely, but how much can not sleeping cause poor performance on the road? I've done some research on sleep and how it benefits us as runners or how it is detrimental if we don't get the sleep we need to perform well. Not surprisingly, runners need more sleep than someone who is sedentary. The extra effort we exert during our runs means in order to feel energized and not fatigued all the time, we need to rest our bodies more at night. Now that I'm older, my bedtime has shifted from 11 to 10, and I'm almost always up by 6 a.m., either to get a run-in, which I do with my husband, who can have early meetings, or because he's getting up for an early meeting. Sometimes I can fall back asleep, but that makes me feel worse. I get nauseous and somehow feel more tired. We know that recovery is important to rebuild muscles, and when we are asleep, the optimal time our bodies find to repair is during the non-REM sleep, which is the deep sleep. Because our brains are using less energy during this non-REM sleep, the blood supply is able to feed muscles with oxygen and nutrients to help them heal and grow. With insomnia, we are interrupting our sleep patterns And we hinder that much-needed recovery, which is all easy to say, get more sleep. But in practice, if you suffer from this, it just isn't that simple. Because, of course, we want to sleep. Wanting to and needing to are just two different things. Even though I have not found the magic formula, there are some things that have helped me over the past few years to get more sleep. First thing, and maybe you've heard this before, if available on your device, switch your phone and tablet to nighttime mode an hour before bed to bring down the blue light, which is said to interfere with the body's ability to recognize that it is time to rest. Some devices have this already built in, so to speak, so do some detective work with manual settings or Google to find out if your particular gadget already has this. I've stopped using electronics altogether for the last hour before bed and have started buying paperbacks again. I usually have a book on my tablet for daytime and a paperback on my bedside table for night. I prepare a cup of sleep tea or other herbal tea, and then I read my real book right before bed. Obviously, caffeine is a huge culprit for sleeplessness, but I was surprised to learn that it can impact your body for up to six hours. Subtract six hours from your bedtime and commit to not drinking caffeine after that time. For myself, I try not to have caffeine after one in the afternoon. Alcohol can help put you to sleep, but it can also wake you up later in the night. I've been in the habit of not drinking calories Monday to Thursday for a lot of years now, so I don't have alcohol on those nights, but weekends are when a lot of us have a drink or two, and usually that is in the evenings. Try to limit the amount you're drinking. You'll not only have a better night's sleep, the puffiness that comes with alcohol consumption will be less, and if you do longer runs on Saturdays or Sundays, it won't seem like such a chore if you limit the drinking. 
Darkness tells the body that it's time to rest. We have room darkening shades and curtains, so no matter what time we get up, the room is always pitch black. I have found it makes it easier to get up really early for those 5.40 a.m. runs with the room always dark because I'm not seeing that outside is just as dark for a lot of the year. Even though I know January, it is dark when I wake up, not having to see that out the window, it just helps me psychologically somehow. The darkness also helps me prepare to sleep, and when I do wake up in the middle of the night, the darkness gives me a better shot at falling back asleep. If I'm having a rough night, I'll also put on a sleep mask, and that can be what I need to get back to sleep. The body produces melatonin naturally. It's what helps us get to sleep. I usually give myself until midnight to initially fall asleep, and if I haven't yet, I'll take a melatonin supplement. Even though every product claims you won't feel groggy in the morning, I always do, even with just half of a dose of melatonin. So I don't take it any later than midnight, especially if I have a run the next morning. Being a menopausal woman also means some wicked night sweats. So I sometimes have to get up and get a towel, and I put that on top of the wet sheets in the middle of the night. And I know, TMI and gross. Um, but I'm, I will be freezing in the middle of the night, which doesn't help you get back to sleep. We keep the room cold, which is another way the body likes it for sleep. The body likes to be cool, but not freezing and wet, of course. So sometimes it actually takes me a while to convince myself, just get up and go get a towel um, because I don't want to get out into the cold. But when I finally do, it does help me get to sleep. I've also tried bedtime yoga, meditation, and mindfulness exercises, and I'll link you in the show notes to some of the resources that I have used for those things. Our mental state is affected when we don't get enough sleep, and tiredness can definitely slow us down on the run. Even if physically we feel okay, our brains can tell us we won't be able to get a good run in, and sometimes leads us to believe we can't run at all. Sleeping is very important for workout recovery, so we need to make sure we are doing all we can to get that sleep. Our muscles and bones are repairing during the sleep cycle, and not getting enough means not getting all the benefits we should be getting from our runs. It can be frustrating as a runner to have sleep issues, especially if we run in the mornings and we are staring at the clock knowing we have to get up in a few hours. Motivation can, of course, get lower, and it can become a chore that we just don't want to face. It's also tempting to just skip the run. I know if I finally fall asleep and then the alarm goes off for a run, I am more likely to just go back to sleep, which then, of course, I'm mad at myself for by the afternoon. One way I motivate myself to get out there for any run at any time is I ask myself if 9 a.m. Sherry or 3 p.m. Sherry will be happy with 6 a.m. Sherry that she didn't go run. If the answer is no, I won't be happy with myself later in the day, that actually helps me get up and get out there. Some days, though, the answer might be yes, and 3 p.m. Sherry needs the sleep as much as 6 a.m. Sherry does, and that gives me permission, so to speak, to not get up if I really feel that I need to try and get a few more hours in. Usually on days that I have a later appointment or will be seeing someone or watching my granddaughter, I want to be fresh for that. But most days, that question gets me up and out the door because I know I'm not going to be happy with myself. If insomnia is a problem for you, explore things like getting to bed earlier, cutting out electronics sooner, and making sure the bedroom is dark, cool, and comforting. On next week's podcast, I'll be discussing how to adjust your runs. There are some days that doing exactly what is scheduled is just not good for our bodies, and learning how to decide that and being okay with tweaking the schedule is a skill for all of us to get comfortable with. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. 
If you know another runner who could benefit from today's topic, go ahead and share it. Do you have any running questions? You can ask me. Email me at sherry at wrinkledrunner.com, and if I can't answer your question, I will do the research to find the answer and share it with you. The questions I get from listeners like you help me develop episodes, so please don't be shy. You can sign up for my once-a-month newsletter using the link provided so that you can have all the Wrinkled Runner resources from the past month all in one place. I also have opened up my virtual coaching in addition to coaching one-on-one with those in the Buffalo, New York area. So head to my coaching page on the Wrinkled Runner website, which I will, of course, link to, and check out how we may be able to work together. Until next Monday, thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the run.